to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm Brian. And we have a new podcast, a new episode, and eventually a new guest on part two uh, this week for you. We are going to be breaking down the subject of the excellent plumbing inspection. And make sure you tune into part two to hear our interview with Ed Gaiman on uh, his expertise around the matter. But for right now, we want to introduce this topic to you, and we'll start with a quote from Brian. Preventative maintenance. Don't start today by doing yesterday's work. Denise Schofield. Don't start today by doing yesterday's work. And man, if, if there is any of you who have experienced um, a financial loss or a, a pain in your life or something like that that could have been avoided with prevention, you understand the importance and the value of that quote and what we're going to be talking about today. So what we want to look at in this particular pod- podcast is the plumbing inspection and running an excellent one. Uh, for those of you who are less familiar or unfamiliar with what a plumbing inspection is, essentially it is a, a complete workup or review of the plumbing system within a home. This is going to hit high-level stuff like uh, the water heater, but also uh, some of the smaller items like valves and pipe conditions and those types of things. And I'm sure our interview with Ed will get into more of the nitty-gritty of what is important to review in these particular calls. Uh, but for right now, uh, Brian and I want to focus on a couple of things here. And let's start with the idea of prevention. Uh, what is prevention worth? What is the value of prevention? And the answer to that is completely unknown unless you know the value of what is about to break. But since you never do know the value of what is about to break, you know, and, and the financial loss you're going to incur through that, prevention has this kind of ambiguous dollar sign in front of it. And one of the reasons why people sometimes avoid doing preventative things like a maintenance or inspection is because, hey, it's not painful now. Um, you know, everything seems to be fine. Everything's in order. And so it's easy to just kind of let go and forget about until something breaks and you have a major repair or a major issue on your hands. And that's why we really, really want to focus on the dollar sign that goes with prevention into how much it's worth is way higher than most people anticipate. Yeah. Preventative maintenance and prevention and loss prevention. um, These are, it's, it's kind of uh, like for a, for a new plumber, a a young up and coming plumber, just kind of getting into his own truck. um, It's kind of a catch 22 with, with say plumbing maintenance calls. Because <clears throat> your seasoned vet, somebody who's been in it for 10 years or 20 years or what have you, has seen so many calls where you're there in two inches of water in a finished basement or whatever, where you see the problem and what caused the flood and you go, man, a maintenance would have prevented this. You've seen it just week in, week out for years. 
the new the new uh, just starting out plumber and getting into his own truck is more than likely, at least here, going to be running specifically maintenance calls in the beginning to get his feet wet. And he doesn't have the knowledge of, or at least he hasn't seen um, firsthand all the instances of a lack of a preventative maintenance checkup saving uh, floods over and over and over again. So it's a tough concept to grasp, but I would certainly say as if you're new to the plumbing field and running mostly maintenances, go, go ask some of the seasoned plumbers um, things, things they've seen as a result of people not taking care of that stuff. Because when you present to the, to the homeowner, like, you could go ahead and replace this now. <clears throat> it's going to cost you, you know, $400. And they gasp and they scoff and they're like, $400? I don't, I can't spend that right now. What you haven't seen is is 30 or 40 times before uh, the fact that somebody is paying $400 to replace this right now because it broke. And they also have a $1,000 insurance deductible on top of it. And they're going to be out of their house for two days as the restoration crew comes in and does their cleanup work. And then they have drywallers in and it's a, it's a, you can never look at your, your home the same way when you've seen it gutted like that from water damage. It really is a tragic, tragic thing to see. And you can take that to most fields. I mean, certainly the, the, um, medical field where a guy who just refuses to go in and get checkups done, uh, finds out he has super high blood pressure, you know, one minute too late. And he's getting taken in on a gurney instead of driving himself in, um, or the dental field where you got a little pain in your tooth, and you realize it's a cavity and that's a root canal or the tooth's coming out where <clears throat> maybe you could have gone in six months earlier, and you would have just had a tiny filling, just as a result of a preventative maintenance checkup. Um, no different in the HVAC and electrical fields, where, I mean, we see uh, not. I wouldn't say it's rare. It's not every day, but um, I get pictures in the Mr. Sparky chat here in, in the Lancaster Mr. Sparky where things caught fire that could have easily been caught by a preventative maintenance, backstab outlets and old crusty panels and stuff like that. Um, and then you get like carbon monoxide leaks and HVAC equipment that you know, might set alarms off and send, send people out of the home or much worse. But these are things that could have easily been caught on a preventative maintenance call. Yeah. And prevention is one of those things that is not, uh, it's not only discussed in the trades. In fact, it actually has probably a broader concept outside of the trades in, in many areas. I mean, talk about, you know, <clears throat> an assembly line where somebody shortcuts um, something on the assembly line to save a dollar and it results in a product that fails in the field and potentially hurts people or, you know, doesn't last as long as predicted. And you have all kinds of other illustrations in construction projects when, you know, there wasn't prevention used in some type of safety measure or a tool or, or whatever it is. Like they can all have ex expounding costs, uh, both financial and otherwise, um, that have significant impact uh, on people. And so prevention as a general rule of thumb is, is one of those things that sits in the back of your mind. And we want to encourage you to think about it differently, that the small investment for the prevention upfront is well worth avoiding the large painful investment or uh, not so much of an investment fix and repair on the back end of that. 
And so dealing with that in the plumbing industry specifically is why we wanted to talk about the inspections today and why it's important for you plumbers out there to carry with you the mindset that what you're doing now and what you're discussing with a client now has great value in avoiding a lot of pain in the future. Sure. Or in my case, I mean, always if I could, if I found something that was in need of repair or should be done now as opposed to later when something, you know, uh, when it would be even more costly as a result of an insurance deductible or what have you. Um, it's also an opportunity to upgrade their system and show them things that they have no idea even exists, like, you know, water treatment products and um, tankless water heaters and don't run out of hot water and, um, you know, higher capacity garbage disposal that's not only much quieter than what they currently have, but does a far better job in terms of uh, shredding things up and getting them down the drain. Even to just a, a higher capacity shower head or, you know, these, these little things that as plumbers, we probably take for granted. We, I'm sure most of us have everything we know we like in our own home, but the homeowners that we deal with probably don't know most of these things exist. So aside from the preventative maintenance aspect of the preventative maintenance call, I always liked that call to be a commercial and, and I should say I loved I loved maintenance calls. I was one of the few guys at at uh, most companies I've been at that really only wanted to see three or four maintenance calls on my schedule a day unless I, you know, went big on one and was going to be there the rest of the day. I had no problem just running preventative maintenance calls. It was... Uh, That's partly because Brian didn't know how to actually repair anything. But. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I replaced everything. <laughs> uh, the maintenance call to me was just, it was more laid back. Um, it was unassuming. Uh, you weren't rush, rush, rush in there to, to get to the source of the issue. Uh, there wasn't as high a stress level, um, which those can, those can um, be great too. I mean, you get to put your cape on and be a superhero. But I had no issue just running maintenance calls all day, every day, and, and really getting to relax with the client and get get to know them a bit and take my time and <clears throat> easily get through the whole system because that's what I'm there to do in that case. Now, I did a I did a maintenance call on every, or at least attempted to on every call I ran, no matter what it was. So if I was unclogging a kitchen sink, I was telling them that part of this service today is a plumbing maintenance and I will flush the water heater, I will pull the anode rod, I will check the pressure, I will do a water test. I'll check every part of their plumbing system as part of the, you know, enter whatever service call fee they're paying to get me here. Part of it was, um, that's my opportunity to, you know, uh, upsell for lack of a better word, um, which is what I really enjoyed doing. Um, the other part of it was once I started seeing myself as a professional and, and relating it to a doctor taking care of his patient, if I left the house either knowing there were issues or n having no idea if there were issues, either one of those um, scenarios, I felt like I was shortchanging that homeowner. So as soon as I made that mindset switch to being a real professional, you know, the doctor of this house and this house is my patient, I started feeling um, like I owed more to that homeowner than just to 
run in there and stick the auger down the toilet and run out with a check for $200. It just didn't make, it didn't make sense to me to run that way anymore. It was, um, I just felt a, a somewhat higher calling to that plumbing system and to that homeowner than to just fix something and run out with my blinders on. Yeah. So I think, I think one of the things that we want to focus on is, is first make sure that your mind is in the right place. Do you personally value preventive, preventative maintenance? Do you personally value prevention at large? Do you personally understand the value of a plumbing inspection and why it's important? Not just because there could be financial gain for you, but I mean, do you understand the value of that? And then two, can you communicate that value to the client in front of you or that you're about to go to? Do you know how to talk about it in such a way that they're going to say, oh, yeah, this, this makes a lot of sense. And Brian, I want to lean you on you here. I mean, you certainly ran your fair share of inspections, and I believe, in fact, you were doing two a year inspections for the same client at one of your previous companies. How did you go about actually communicating the value of what you were about to do when they had just seen one of your associates six months ago? Um, I don't really have too much of a problem with that. And frankly, more, more or less, that's done on the phone by um, whoever gets them to book that call with us to come out a second time. But at that particular company, um, in that particular area, they had either really hard water or really high chlorine content. So it, it did make sense to go twice a year. Um, but the call taker usually took care of that. Once I got out there, if, I, if they had issues with us being out just six months ago, it was a pretty easy conversation to say, <clears throat> um, hey, then you probably most likely don't have any issues, so I'll be in and out of here pretty fast. Um, would you mind showing me to the main water shutoff? You just roll right through it. I mean, it's not something that you need to spend a lot of time on. The value is built by me particularly um, in the way that I performed at the plumbing inspection. So I'd, I'd always start at the main shutoff and work my way back to what I would consider like the last part of the water line and then work my way from, you know, where the main sewer line exits, wherever that might be, to all the way back to the furthest drain fixture. And I would, I would plug every sink, fill, let it drain while I open the cabinet and wash the drain, have the water run and turn all the shutoffs off while the water was running and turn them back on with the client present. I didn't, uh, I didn't like to mess with their emergency shutoff valves and left unless they were standing there so that they could see that I, you know, if they started dripping or the handle broke off or what have you, this was a mechanical failure, not, not something I did on purpose. Um, and of course I learned that because handful of times it happened while they weren't there and they thought I did it on purpose. So <laughs> didn't want that anymore. <clears throat> um, it's because of all the arm muscles, Brian. Right. Yeah. It's an easy thing for me to do. So I didn't, I didn't, um, I mean, I, I didn't perform the standard plumbing maintenance that I had seen most plumbers do, which is like hurry up and s spill some water out of the water heater and, you know, check the pressure and the, do a water test. I took it fairly seriously that I was inspecting every, every piece of the plumbing system. Um, and I actually got better at that as a result of coming here and working with our, our special guest today, Ed, um, who was the one who really told me to take a step back 
before I even start doing anything and look at that plumbing system as a whole. Um, he kind of changed the way I ran plumbing inspections for the last few years of my inspection career <clears throat> as a result of just, just telling me to, I, th I even think, I think he even said like stand outside and look at the house as you're walking up and see how that plumbing system connects as a whole in the walls from the main shutoff valve. Um, the water leaking out the front door wasn't a giveaway. Yeah. Water coming out of the second story window, <laughs> but he, uh, but he, he changed my, I mean, I, I always did a fairly detailed plumbing inspection, but not like that. The way he explained that to me, just kind of changed it even more for me. And as a result, I, I just did even better of a plumbing maintenance. But by the time I was done with that plumbing maintenance, regardless of what I was recommending, before we even got to that point, the homeowners were impressed by the amount of detail and effort that went into that maintenance checkup. And um, I heard that often throughout my career. Okay, Brian. So first thing, I as the plumber need to have the right mindset. Second thing, I need to be able to communicate that to the client. Third thing, now I'm sitting down with the client. What does that presentation look like? Yeah, so we're sitting down with the homeowners um, and you want to have, you know, if there are, there are two decision makers, you want to have both of them there with you if at all possible. Um, so we're sitting down with them and I would I would show them everything I found, although I was one who, if if possible, I, I like to have them with me the, the whole time I was doing the inspection. If not possible, it didn't matter either way. They, they kind of saw me bouncing around from room to room on the plumbing system, but I, I did prefer that they joined me. Um, and I would bring stuff up as I saw it and say, you know, just make a mental note there. We're going to come back to that when we get to the kitchen table. Like you would actually say that to the client right then and there? Yep, I said it all the time. Just, did you see how we, we turned this this emergency shutoff back on? You got a little drip out of the bottom here. Make a mental note there. We'll, we'll come back to that. Oh, um, shoot, Brian, I'm, I'm kind of running out of mental note paper. There's been a lot of mental notes here. Don't worry about that. I'll get you there. Because <laughs> I'm making paper notes this whole time. So, um, And we get back to the kitchen table, and I would just do a brief recap of everything that I saw that was something that could be addressed today or should be addressed today. Um, and then I would also bring up a few things that I noticed that would improve the quality of their plumbing system or how much they would enjoy their plumbing system. Um, and that might just be when I turn the diverter up and turn the shower head on, I, I noticed, you know, water spraying every way, but right in front of the shower head. And that's the kind of thing I really tried to hone in on to um, just enhance their system. That's a really good point, Brian. And I want to stop you there because I'm sure when we interview Ed, he's going to talk a lot about, you know, the things that need fixed, like here's an issue, here's the fix, here's a drip, here's the fix, here's some corrosion, here's the fix. But in, in, in the plumbing inspection, is there room for a conversation about improvement or upgrades that aren't necessarily needed or even issues, but they could be life beneficial or family beneficial? In my opinion, it's more than having room for that. You're, that's part of the job. I mean, I'm, I'm there to make recommendations and suggestions. And of course, that should be, you know, good thing we were here. This old crusty saddle valve you have downstairs was dripping um, and you couldn't see it. But it going into a cardboard box with stuff that they, you know, cherished. Um, but also... This is the one shot I'll get with them to show them products we have that they don't know about. Again, 
<clears throat> they've they've not seen our catalogs, if you will. Uh, they probably don't know that a lot of our products exist. So I'm asking questions the whole time, like, you know, how many people live here? Uh, how long do you plan on being here? How many showers happen in the morning before you run out of hot water? Um, how do you enjoy the water pressure if the dishwasher's going and... Um, I, I turn a shower valve on and notice that the pressure just falls in half. Then I'm having a conversation about that. And then I just tally all these little things up that I noticed or, or that I thought could be improved. And part two of, of the recap would be, here are some things that I noticed that you might enjoy more about your plumbing system. Um, and then at the end, we would go over options. And those options would be, here are the things we talked about that could be done right now. Here are the things we talked about that would improve the quality of your plumbing system. And here is an option for just, let's just go ahead and get everything done today. And I would always say something like, if you were leaning in one direction or the other, which way would you be leaning today? And that seemed like more times than not, it would be the the, the biggest option for me. I mean, I felt like option one, the the biggest option was, it had to be like 60, 70% of, of at least the last several years of my career, the one that they went with. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I might not, most likely I didn't even have a uh, total amount, an amount total on it yet. I just, here are the three options, which way are you leading? And uh, usually I would present financing with the total. So this is what the total would be for all this. Um, this is with your club membership discount or what have you. And then, you know, with your good credit, we could get this done for as little as this much per month. And without asking a question or even pausing for anything, I would just usually just say, if you want to give this a shot, I'll call the office now, see if I can get the materials dropped off. I can probably have your water back on by 3, 3.30. Does that work for you? Sure does. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> just need to uh, just endorse right here for me. Yeah, I wasn't planning on showering today anyways. I know you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> now, I really like that, Brian, and I, I think that that could be something that it could be revolutionary for some of our plumbers out there um, in regards to how they conduct their inspection. Because a lot of times there's this um, investigation, we'll call it, into what's wrong. And, and then so much time and energy is spent on, on determining what's wrong and, and how can we fix it that it's easy to forget about what is okay and how could it be better. Uh, and that's kind of that that lifestyle improvement stuff that you were talking about there with, you know, hey, a nicer shower head or uh, a, a tankless water heater or whatever. And these are these are options that can be discussed with the client either organically throughout the inspection or at the end um, as to making lifestyle improvements for their home and family. And especially now, I think so many people um, have an awareness, an acute awareness to the quality of their water, what they're drinking, um, and how that affects things, whether they're cooking or their coffee, the love and care of their pets, um, and what they're eating or drinking. All these types of things can become part of the excellent plumbing inspection. 
and, and should be brought up within the conversation. And so I, I think it's incumbent upon you as a plumber listening to this to ask yourself, do I have a list of questions or a list, uh, a checklist of things that I use, um, whether it's formally and, hey, question one, question two, question three, or organically throughout the call that is going to bring up some of these conversations. And Brian, do you have any insight on that, like some common things? You had mentioned some earlier about, you know, how long are you going to be here and how many, how many people are in the home, you know, as far as getting answers about the water, uh, the water heater and like, you know, do you run out of hot water? But are there other prompting questions that can drive a conversation? I think we've talked about it on here before, <clears throat> but one one that I did uh, probably at least since like 2006, 2007 was to get, uh, maybe get the nervousness out or um, just kind of see what they were feeling before I even really went into my presentation was to, I don't know, take my water bottle or the pen sitting between us and hand it to the, usually the uh, wife. I would do it more times than not. Um, And say, let me ask you a question before I even get started. In regards to your plumbing system, if I was to give you my magic wand here, this Bic magic wand, and you could wave that magic wand and your plumbing system would become perfect instantly, what would you wish for? And just let, and it was, it sounds cornball, but like it, it's, it's not that cheesy when you're doing it in person if you're, uh, if you have broken down the, you know, the wall between you and these homeowners and you're on a good, you're on good terms. Um, they both tended to really get into it. And there were certain people you wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with um, just because it's, you know, that's not their personality. They would not enjoy that. Uh, but most people would, would enjoy it. Uh, and it didn't always necessarily mean they did that work with you, but it got conversations started and they would kind of look at each other like nervously, but laughing. And before they said, she would go to say something. And I, well, I, I, you got to wave the, you got to wave the wand or it's not going to work. And she would wave the wand. And, you know, a lot of times I'd hear something about smelling chlorine in the kitchen faucet first thing in the morning or running out of hot water or when two people are in separate showers there's not enough pressure for one shower to be happening um it might take seven eight minutes to get hot water to the master bathroom in the morning um and what other ones were there just just things like that those kind of things or um you know you're I do the dishes and it takes 45 minutes for the sink water to drain. There was a lot of, a lot of little things like that, that it just so happens. Not only can we take care of for them, but a lot of that stuff I had on the truck anyway. So I would say, well, it's your lucky day, ma'am, because I can take care of that for you today. And I especially loved the one where my shower doors wouldn't get spotty uh, if I didn't squeegee them after every shower. And you would find, you know, there's 25 grains per gallon hard water and they just need a water softener. These kind of things were a lot of fun. And instead of me saying, I found that you have a lot of chlorine in your water. Here's what you need to do to protect your faucets and, uh, you know, better hair and blah, 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 blah. And you're trying to give it to them um, and it makes them defensive. They've 
pulled it out of you, which makes them the salesperson at this point. Much easier to get them to go with it without f- them feeling like they're being sold something in that scenario. Right. I mean, you're the you're the solution provider as opposed to the solution prevent uh, presenter at that point, which is just a slight change on that word. But like you said, Brian, they're coming to you for the answer as opposed to you telling them the solution. Yeah, they're a- they're asking me for a solution. So it's the best way to do it. And if you can figure out in your truck <clears throat> ways to get the homeowners to ask you for things, you're man, you're you're in a much better position than the tech who's just writing up some things on a piece of paper and then sliding that over to them. And, you know, it's you giving options versus them asking for options. It's a whole different scenario. But at the end of the day, whether they ask you for it or not, um, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that most plumbing technicians can do uh, that they're not currently doing is present the three options, but make darn sure that you have an option one where you present everything that you think this home could benefit from. So if, they're, if they didn't even say they run out of hot water, um, they don't care about water quality, I don't care what the scenario is, make option one the full-spectrum water treatment system, a tankless water heater, uh, you know, three new toilets, anything you thought they could use, and just excuse yourself for it by saying, it didn't seem like you were terribly interested in some of these things, but I, I just felt like I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't at least show you what we had available and, and make that an option for you. And chances are they're not, you know, they're, they're just going to say, no, just just go ahead and replace the dripping washing machine hose and then, uh, you know, be on your way. But I don't know. There was one, there was practice there. So you're just getting better every time you present that big order. And two, I did that on every call. And for some, it just, it seemed like every few months one would call in and our call takers would call me and say, uh, this guy wants to get on the schedule to do option one. It's this, that, and this. I didn't even remember the person because I I had convinced myself it was never going to happen, but they did happen. There's just something about that recommendation. You planted this little seed. Um, now all of a sudden they see the hard water commercial and the you know the Brita commercial or whatever it is in the um, you know tankless water I don't know tankless water heater commercial or they hear a friend talk about how they have a tankless and this stuff registers now they'd been seeing and hearing that stuff before but it never registered to them <clears throat> and I, these, these are the things I heard when I was in a truck is that the reason we did it two months later is because Jeff across the street told us he had it done and uh, we remembered you talking about it and said why not let's do it so Never shortchange the homeowner, never shortchange the company, never shortchange yourself by falling short of your process because you you don't think this is going to go through. There should always be a three-option presentation. And in my opinion, um, and I was very successful with option one being everything you can think of that would improve the quality of this home. And let them just let them say no. What do you have to lose? Love it, Brian. I'm sure we'll hear more about that type of thinking and more with our interview with Ed Gaiman on part two of this podcast. Make sure that you tune into that where we'll be breaking down even farther the excellent plumbing inspection. Uh, For now, that's a wrap on this particular introduction. Uh, We want to encourage you and challenge you if you are a plumber out there uh, to find new ways to um, 
think about a plumbing inspection, think about prevention, think about how you talk about it, what you talk about at the inspection. And if you're not a plumber and you're in another area of the trades, um, this is very applicable to you as well, just in your particular area. So for right now, that's all we got for this podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you check us out at wastenerday.com or Facebook. You can hit us up there. And we're always looking to hire people who have that next level mentality, that take me somewhere, uh, grab life by the horns, and let's let's do this, take care of business type of thing. So we want to hear from you too. If you're interested, we'd love to sit down and meet with you. Remember that you have the opportunity to not spend your days wishing for more. You have the opportunity to wake up every single morning and choose to waste no day. This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.